Hi, I'm Brian Maddox, and welcome to another episode of The Consulting Trap. With me today is Halima Wanamaker from Vemtech. Welcome, Halima. Hi, Brian. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, Can you do our listeners a favor and tell us a little bit about where you come from and how you started your business? All right. Hi, my name is Halima. I'm with uh, Vemtech. I'm the owner. Um, My business started about six years ago, but I mean, IT has been in my blood since I was 12. First machine, you know, the tower, the huge tower and, you know, got my degree in MIS and been working in it professionally for about 18 years now. Um, I started my business because I wanted to have the insight and control over my destiny. Um, my work ethics and what I put into my business, I wanted it to be able to reflect, you know, the efforts that I put in um, for myself and for my family. So that's how I started Vemtech, you know, just doing what I love to do, helping people with IT. I love people. I'm both worlds. I'm like IT and a people person. So, you know, my whole ammo is to help small businesses and to help people really utilize technology to help their businesses grow and streamline processes. How did you get your first, how did you get started? How'd you get your first couple clients? Well, my, actually it was funny, you know, I was working and because, you know, when you first start a business, you know, either you either step out on faith or you're working. And so when I was working, I was joining the Chamber of Commerce. I was networking. I mean, I was everywhere. I was really putting in the work. And I absolutely found the most fabulous physician. And she's like, I have, you know, at this time, she was using Office 365. I have Office 365. I have so many clients I have to manage. I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, okay, well, this is my chance. Let me present to you. And she was a very long-term um, client. And just from there, the momentum just built word of mouth, uh, you know, getting out there, hustling, meeting people. Um, and, and because at that time, you know, as a startup, you really don't have capital to invest in your business, you know, so you're utilizing all of the free available <laughs> items, features, meetings, whatever you can find that means you can go to. And it was really just going out there and hustling and, and meeting people and telling about my product and telling about my company. You make a transition from um, from that, I guess, free. And we, we we both know it's not free, right? It's just, it's it's the sweat off of your brow. True. So, Very true. Uh, and and that, that gets expensive quick. But in the yeah. beginning, you don't value that the same way. When did you make the the jump from um, uh, that kind of business development activity to um, something that maybe you've outsourced? And, and have you done that at all? Yes, absolutely. So, you know, being in business in six years, uh, for six years and look, making it through COVID, let's just keep it honest here. Um, we actually were able to maintain through COVID and grow. Um, so through that, I found, um, I had a few texts here and there just uh, consulting with me, but I felt myself stretched and I felt myself becoming after t- um, after COVID stagnant because, you know, I had to maintain um and plus, not to mention, I had a, a baby. So 
right there, I'm maintaining and um, I'm, you know, not a maintaining type. I want to grow. So at that point, I felt like, okay, we're in a good position. Clients are back. We're growing slowly, but I wanted to put a little bit more pedal to the metal. Um, And I realized that I had to transition from being the uh, founder, owner, CEO slash tech to being more, even transitioning more into the uh, CEO and understanding that I needed people that knew more than me in certain areas. So I decided that I sucked at sales. Okay. (laughs) I realized it. I sucked at sales. Um, Face to face were good, but you know, the online stuff, you know, that was just, wasn't me. It's not my thing. Um, So I hired an an outsourced um, a contractor and, you know, we, she has been fabulous. She's been changing the game. And then I decided, okay, let's get one more on, you know, and basically through my sales team, I decided that that was a great investment. Also the tools, you know, currently I use HubSpot, my CRM. I love it. You know, we're on um, Alignable, we're on LinkedIn, you know, I have a social media marketer um, manager that I use. I mean, I have my website development guy. He takes care of all my SEO. So with all of those features and things in place and working together has allowed me not only to have a conversion with clients, but also just have have a presence online. Because you know, anytime you have a business, the first thing someone is doing is Googling you. So I had to make sure that my presence online was um, unified because you can have different tools, but if they're all doing something different and saying a different message. It's not a unification. I wanted the same message to go out on a, all on the, on the separate platforms. That's um, that integration is an amazingly powerful thing. Once it starts working correctly, how did you, you know, iterate through that process as you know, I'm sure you didn't get it right the first time because very rarely does anyone get it right the first time. How did you get all those pieces together correctly? It really started with me, I, I guess, over the six years, um, you know, from actually about two, two years ago, a year and a half ago is when I decided to rebrand. So it really started there. Um, I've already had my web, you know, that kind of threw me into, I need to hire someone to assist me to grow. So I got a rebrand, um, hired someone to help me rebrand. They gave me the tools to be able to move forward. So they gave me the mapping for my new website. They gave me what my ideal customer was. They gave me the information on, you know, even my fonts. And, <laughs> and you know, I mean, and they gave me the structure on how I can move forward with my business to rebrand and really streamline what I want to do and really attack what I want to do. That was my first investment, really looking at it and say, okay, this is the website that's been carrying me for like four years that I did, you know, myself and realizing if I wanted to stay competitive with my, with my other constituents, then I need to actually, you know, step it up. And every IT person isn't versed in every area of IT. So you know, I took myself as far as I could with my website design and realized that it's better to outsource. Um, that started it. Once that started, the the steam rolling down. And then um, after that, that's when I moved into, you know, getting all the tools, you know, 
checking out Alignable, uh, buying the sales navigator, you know, for LinkedIn, um, Hub, you know, the CRM with HubSpot, that branding actually got me into doing the CRM, you know, versus Excel spreadsheets and keep it trying to, and your outlook, trying to keep track of who you contacted and, and that sort. So I would say the rebranding process is what really started me on this track. And, and just to let you know, there's probably a thousand folks that operate marketing firms right now celebrating at that answer. This is one of the things that a lot of folks don't quite understand early on in the marketing, the marketing teams, they get it. They, you know, getting that value proposition and your brand aligned is absolutely vital. So how much did that process inform um, the services you deliver? What, what changed in your serv- in the service delivery side of your business as a result of that branding effort? Well, we went from, you know, we looked, we, we looked at our industry and, you know, starting out regular, you know, break fix, you know, you have an issue, you know, give us a call or open a ticket and we fix it. We realized that we wanted to get into the more of the managed um, service provider space. So we want, because we were doing it anyway, because we were doing the break fix and we had such long-term clients and we still do. It was transitioning like, hey, can you order me a machine or can you configure it or can you put the apps on it? I don't know what I need to have on this. You know, can you can you monitor me? And and I realized, okay, it's now time to transition. And with that, that's when we moved forward with realizing we need to get more into um, being us versus reactive, being proactive and becoming a managed um, solution provider allowed us the capability to do that. How do you resist? I mean, there's an industry trend in IT, right? The whole commoditization of IT services and and moving into the cloud and all that kind of stuff. How do you continue to add value in that space despite the essentially what seems to be the quest to find the bottom of the price barrel? Uh, how do you how do you stay competitive in that space? Well, you have I feel like you have to look at your clients and, you know, look at and talk to your clients and understand, you know, not everybody's going to be for you. You know, not every client is your client, your ideal client. Um, How do you stay competitive? You know, me, I do my research. You know, I look at who's what they're giving, what they're offering. And then I look at the price range, you know, and for us, we decided that we wanted to, we did a lot of work for the last eight months. We really did a lot of research and we kind of wanted to test a little bit of the market of the solopreneurs and the mom and pops and um, the small, really small businesses, because a lot of them are not able to even um, qualify to get managed service uh, providers to work with them because they're too small. My team, we did a lot of research with a lot of different companies, uh, partnerships, you know, with Microsoft, Dell, you know, um, you know, we use all types of software that allowed us to get like wholesale pricing that we were able to give people a good what they called in the IT world stack of different products um, that will help them, you know, secure and support their users device applications and their you know their machines and email we get a stack and we were able to make a really competitive price with the stack as well and in addition to you know we hire seasoned technicians so what would take a um technician who is just kind of starting 
an hour to do a task, it can take us 15, 20 minutes. So that saves me on the time as well. At one point in uh, in that space, um, I remember back in the old days, I was teaching uh, teaching the elderly how to use computers for the first time, and this is back when Windows three one came out, and you had to yeah. play you had them play solitaire for hours just so they could, you know, learn that they're not going to break the machine by dragging the mouse around. Um, right. So I know how much uh, that season tech kind of conversation makes sense because you you need to to balance. Uh, bringing people with you and uh, helping them feel comfortable and all the stuff that comes with that. So uh, it used to be back in the old days, and I think you can probably relate, uh, the biggest obstacle to service delivery in the IT space was time. You spent so much time waiting for things <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I got to wait for this machine to reformat. Or I got to wait for this or that and the other thing. How do you take advantage of things like downtime like that? What are you, good at, what are you doing in your, in your space um, during those moments where that, that comes up? Uh, when we have a lot of downtime. I mean, honestly, with the tools that we use and because we're in the cloud, I mean, we're, so much is automated. I mean, you know, literally I can hop on to our, um, our threat detection um, software and I can look up a endpoint, a computer, and I can see the threats or I can see the risk that's already enabled. I can get a list of everything that they need to enable on their machine. So it's really downtime. It's more of scheduling. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> it, awesome. Yeah, it's more scheduling of, oh, I found this, um, you know, do you approve, you know, that we do these changes remotely? You do not have to stop or, you know, we're going to or we notify our clients and say, listen, this is the maintenance window. This is what we found. You know, we're going to go ahead and push these updates. So it's the downtime with the technology. It, it's not downtime anymore, per se. It's more um, automation. So it gives you more time. You know, so we can keep up. I mean, honestly, doing okay. So, if I'm going to say that it gives me more time, we spend more time, you know, evaluating software, seeing what the trends are going to. You know, they have this new thing out. Like we do um, cyber risk assessments for our clients, but they have a new um, uh, thing that's coming out where that can even be automated. You know, um, so we want to keep up. So a lot of the times we're looking at the trends, we're seeing what's going on. And for me, getting out there, you know, marketing and and getting out there and reaching out to people and reaching out to clients and and really working closely with my sales team. Yeah. So you're always keeping it moving. That's great. Have to. Absolutely. So um, Halima, I think uh, a lot of folks don't um, uh, they're listening to this. We, you know, a lot of our uh, listeners are consultants and stuff like that um, that may not have uh, a long background in IT. But um, if you can tell us a little bit more about who you really like to target and work with, um, or maybe our network can help you find some more folks. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. So our ideal customer is someone who, number one, understands the value of investing in themselves. Um, number two, they they understand the value of security and how important it is to have security. Um, not only that, if you're working with other people, if you're contracting with people, if you are, if you have employees, you know, uh, within your business, um, usually we won't, we usually our, our top is about a thousand employees. Um, but 
you know, we're probably mid-range between 500 and 250 top is 1000 truly top end. So our ideal client is anything anybody from 0 to about 1000 and people who understand that they you know, like I said, have to invest themselves, understand security, understand automation, understand how saving time and um, issuing processes and um, software and how that can help you. Um, allowing people to come who know what they're doing in that space to come and help you achieve the goals that you have for your business. So, you know, th- that's usually our ideal client. There. So you, you you hit on something that I think we have to talk about for just a, just 30 seconds. How, um, how has the automation stuff uh, relative to your marketing saved you time in marketing? Oh my goodness. Uh, tremendously. I mean, I'm looking at reports. That's, that's what I'm doing. I'm not posting, you know, I'm not sitting there, copy, paste, click, put the picture there, you know, no <laughs> one's doing that. You know, I put it one time, it goes through all of them, you know, um, and, and being able to, even with my CRM, you know, being able to see what links they're clicking on, what they're interested in, being able to see in my CRM that they read my email, you know, the, knowing that either when I should possibly follow up, you know, it, it just saves you so much time and insight. Like it's ridiculous. So I, for all the consultants that are listening uh, in, I, I really advise you if you're in that transitional phase um, where you're just too spread out and you don't have time, when you lose the ability to go network or the ability to really go and connect with people because you're doing too many of the back-end tasks, um, and especially when it comes to marketing, that's when you really need to co- you know look into doing a lot um, consulting out or doing the um, automation. Excellent advice. Thank you so much. And so uh, folks that want to talk to you about how to can, you know, get connected with you and all that, how should they go about that? Uh, you have oh, email yes. address or website or what part of your automation do you want them to click on? Okay. Yes. You know, I'm very personal as well. So <laughs> definitely all information is at vemtech.net. That's V. E-M tech, T-E-C-H dot net. You on the bottom of there, you will find my Facebook, my Twitter, my LinkedIn. You can connect with me there. I'm on Instagram at vemtech.net, spell the D-O-T. I'm also on Facebook. I'm on, you know, every platform you can think of, you can find Halima Wanamaker or Vemtech there. DM me. You can email me at uh, contact at vemtech.net. So you got the vemtech.net part. You can find me. And you got to make sure you mention the Consulting Trap podcast so you get that big smile she's got on her face right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Thank you so much, Haliva, for coming on the show. Uh, Look forward to hearing more about your quest as it progresses. Thank you so much, Brian, for, you know, inviting me. This has been an absolute pleasure. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Consulting Trap. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send me an email at brian at podcastchef.com. That's B-R-I-A-N at P-O-D-C-A-S-T-C-H-E-F dot com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. 
Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue-generating lead magnet for your consulting business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.